Hello, I'm Denine Erasmus. Welcome to another episode of The Weekly Wrap. This is a podcast in which I will tell you about some of the top articles from the latest edition of Farmers Weekly magazine. We also take a look at the week's biggest agricultural news stories at the end of this podcast. This week, I'm discussing the 18 September issue of Farmers Weekly. Our main feature in this issue looks at how a comprehensive and all-inclusive budget is critical to the success of any farming business. We also have an article on how the COVID-19 lockdown has triggered a rise in rural crime. And there is a research article on a new disease threat to citrus, papaya and other subtropical fruits. In our crops feature this week, we look at effective management strategies for catworm and maize. As I've just mentioned, in our special focus feature this week, Anshu Surd, an agricultural economist at NWK, writes about why every farm should have a carefully prepared budget for the production year. A budget, she says, gives a producer a clear idea on the performance of the business. And it is almost impossible to sustainably create and ensure wealth without a detailed budget. Budgeting is often a challenging process, especially given the current economic situation in South Africa, with decreasing profit margins and increasing input costs. It is, however, the first step producers need to take in order to take charge of their farming businesses. Producers are understandably sometimes hesitant to conduct a formal budget. Unrealistic expectations and worry makes it a challenge for some to actually sit down and put a budget on paper. But a budget is actually a means of addressing these emotions, since it paints a true picture of the business and how to manage possibilities and difficulties. To achieve that, it is extremely important that all aspects of the business, such as installments, interest, private expenses, and debt be included in the budget. It is also very important to involve the farmer's family in the budgeting process for the new production season in order to prevent overspending later in the year. The ultimate objective of a budget is to cut costs without causing harm to the viability of the business, and a well-planned budget makes it relatively easy for farmers to analyze all the respective branches of the farming business and to determine whether cross-subsidization is taking place. It is also crucial that producers take cognizance of and provide for possible future impacts on the business, such as exchange rate changes, expected climatic conditions, supplies and demand, and movements on global markets. A business should also have a cash flow budget, which makes it easier to identify poor financial decisions. The cash flow budget gives a clear idea of which direction the business is taking, and it makes it possible to make monthly financial comparisons. With the article, we've included a basic template for a budget that grain farmers can use to get started with compiling their own budgets. Phytophthora palmivora is a disease that causes crown and root rot in plants. According to Dr. Mika Daniel and Dr. Vahalem Buerta from the Agricultural Research Council, this disease poses a new threat to subtropical fruits such as papaya and to citrus production in South Africa. 
Dr. Daniel and Dr. Buerta write that several papaya plants with symptoms of excessive crown and root rot were received by the Agricultural Research Council's Tropical and Subtropical Crops Campus during 2019. These plants came from farms in Mpumalanga and Limpopo. Isolates of the root and crown rot pathogen were obtained from diseased tissue from each of the infected plants. And these samples represented the first report of P. palmivora from papaya in South Africa. Papaya is the most common host infected in high-intensity production areas worldwide, and the disease has been known to cause significant damage and yield loss in papaya plantations. Early symptoms in an infected papaya orchard were yellowing and wilting of the leaf canopy, followed by leaf drop. Simultaneously, root of the stem at the soil surface was observed. Papaya producers in South Africa are advised to stop cultivating papayas for at least two to three years in regions where P. palmivora infection has occurred. Caution should also be exercised in the selection of an alternative crop to be cultivated in the same soil, as P. palmivora has a wide host range, including avocado and citrus. Other control options include intercropping, planting on soil where papaya has not previously been planted, as well as ensuring good drainage in orchards. The researchers also recommend removal and destruction of fallen diseased fruit to prevent further infection and to avoid damage or injury to papaya stems during cultivation. As an added control measure, they suggest the control of African snails, as these can be a vector of the pathogen. And in addition, papaya crops should not be planted successively in the same soil. It is also important to ensure that nursery seedlings are disease-free, as no resistant cultivars are available at present. Farmers are urged to report any possible cases of P. palmivora to their extension offices. In the early days of the COVID-19 lockdown, when movement was highly restricted, there was a noticeable decline in reports of rural crime. However, as the lockdown progressed at gradually less restrictive levels, the resultant business closures and associated job losses, weakened economy, widespread COVID-19 infections within police and army security services, all contributed to creating conditions ripe for a dramatic escalation of both opportunistic and subsistence crimes in South Africa's rural and farming areas. Dr. Jane Bose, safety risk analyst at Free State Agriculture, says that by mid-August, well over 1,000 economic crimes had been committed on farms in the Free State during the lockdown. In addition to maize theft and arson, Base has recorded reports of the theft of livestock and other crops, house break-ins and household robberies, motor vehicle thefts, the theft of farm tools, implements and infrastructure, illegal hunting and malicious damage to property. She says that six farmers that were surveyed mentioned that during March and April, they lost between 10 and 50% of their maize crops due to theft. Agri Manjana, the Group Managing Director of the National Emergent Red Meat Producers Organization, says that during lockdown, members of this organization 
also reported being on the receiving end of many of the economic crimes highlighted by Bose. He adds that the theft of sheep was the greatest among reported stock theft incidents. Manjana says in the article that stock thieves took advantage of the restricted movement during levels 5, 4 and 3 of the lockdown, but the biggest culprits are the men and women who are selling the meat from stolen animals on urban sidewalks. Manjana adds that where it is really frustrating is that the thieves are often known to police and to the communities, but there's little they can do because South African law wants the thief to be physically seen in action before, before being apprehended. Willy Clack, the chairperson of the National Livestock Theft Prevention Forum and also vice chairperson of the Red Meat Producers Organization, says that in level five of the lockdown, livestock theft declined by approximately 80% compared to the same period in recent years. But then, as lockdown movement restrictions eased, livestock theft began increasing to a point that during level three, it grew to what Clack refers to unprecedented levels, which was about 15% above the average for the same period in the recent years. But it has not only been livestock and grain farmers that have been affected. According to Franca Oberholzer, Operations Manager for Forestry South Africa, members of his organization have reported the theft of standing timber in commercial forestry plantations. This has ranged from a few poles stolen by individuals for domestic use to clear felling of entire tree compartments by organized syndicates. The role players interviewed for this article said that curbing a further rise in rural crime will require urgent, meaningful action by the country's government, especially with effective implementation of all the actions and goals of the National Rural Safety Strategy. The policing structures also need to rebuild lost trust, says Manjana. He says in the article that any crime-fighting system, as soon as there is no public trust of the policing and prosecuting systems, must know that the justice system has collapsed. Manjana says there's even cases where police and magistrates are suspected to be working with criminals. The safety of farming communities cannot be left to farming communities themselves, he said, without the necessary support from government and the police to ensure that such communities are protected and safe. Let's now quickly look at some of the top agricultural news from the last week. South Africa is expecting a bumper blueberry harvest this season but difficulties with air freighting are posing a challenge for exporters. According to LZ Skitter, operational manager of Berries ZA, a blueberry crop of about 23,000 tons was expected in the 2020-2021 production year, which was up from 18,000 tons last season. Roughly 75% of the current season's crop would be exported, However, Skitter pointed out that blueberry exports were being disrupted due to limited air freight availability as well as high freighting rates. Skitter said they are finding that international flights are up to three times more expensive than they were in the past. In addition, there are also no international flights from Cape Town. So 
exporters are being forced to transport the fruit all the way to Johannesburg at an additional cost. As such, she expected that there would be more blueberries available on the local market this year, due also to the larger crop, but she did not expect the local price for blueberries to decrease. However, Skitter told Farmers Weekly that blueberry prices would decrease over time as supply increases. The global 2020 macadamia crop will be about 3% smaller this year due to unfavorable weather conditions in some countries. In South Africa, which is now the world's largest producer of macadamias, yield was down 16% from last year's crop of just over 59,000 tons. Liesel Pretorius, the CEO of Macadamia South Africa, said that the decline in production was most likely the result of the lingering after effects of the previous season's drought. Water tables, Pretorius said, have not yet been replenished to before 2016 levels. Adding to this, many production regions experienced high temperatures during flowering, which might have impacted the sensitive flowers, leading to abortion in heat-stressed trees. Many trees also suffered significant frost damage during winter. The market has, however, been a saving grace as prices are holding firm. Alex White, sales manager at Green and Gold Macadamias, said that in general prices were stable and forward contracts for macadamias were at similar levels compared with previous years at about 315 rand per kilogram across kernel grades. He noted that macro trends such as vegan and plant-based diets, together with the fact that the health benefits of macadamias were being better understood, continued to underpin growing demand for the product. Due to early season commitments, 60% of South Africa's crop was likely to be shipped to China this year. And the last story for this week, the price of rooibos has fallen from an all-time record of 67 rand per kilogram in 2018 to around 25 rand per kilogram. Prices have been on an upward trend since 2015 with production shortages caused by drought conditions experienced in 2017. In 2018, the rooibos harvest came in at only 12,500 tonnes, but has since then recovered to 21,000 tonnes in 2019 and to 20,000 tonnes in 2020. Vimpy Smith, the co-owner of AMW Boerderij, said prices averaged around 67 rand per kilogram in 2018. But this dropped to around 52 rand per kilogram in 2019 and was now down to 25 rand per kilogram. The situation had been exacerbated by a decline in demand. Martin Berg, general manager of Roebos Limited, said Roebos demand averaged around 16,000 tons per annum, but this had declined to between 14 and 15,000 tons due to reduced local consumption. He said that consumer expenditure was under pressure locally because of the poor economy, and while rooibos tea is not expensive per cup, it is slightly more expensive than black tea. That was it for this week. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Weekly Wrap. Join me again next week when I will be discussing some of the features from the 25 September issue, in which you can read all about one farmer's quest to breed the perfect Brahman. 
also a guide for grain producers on getting nematodes under control before the start of the next summer planting season. And finally, we write about why it is important that you know the signs of rinderpest in livestock, even though this is an eradicated disease. Remember to follow us on social media for all the latest farming news and updates. We are on Facebook, Twitter and LinkedIn at Farmers Weekly SA. Until next week, stay safe and happy farming.